0: Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Marcelin College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on Marcelin Live. Well, hello everyone. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on Marcelin Live. My name is Joshua McCraith and my co hosts here today are Declan and Alex. Our special guest today is Jill Fitzsimons, Director of Professional Learning and Prodology here at Marcelin College. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, guys. Great to be with you.
0: First question is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the role you have here at Marcellin?
1: Um, Well, mine's a terrific role because it's really fundamentally about the development of people. So first and foremost, my most important role is as a teacher. So I'm a VCE English teacher, but also too, um, in previous years, so I've had year 10 and that was to now allow me with what is quite a senior role to be able to dedicate it my time and energy to that role before going to VCE because VCE is big business and you don't want a teacher who's out of class etc and can't give that time Um, but then my other role is to oversee all of the training of our staff and we have Mm -hmm. all up about 250 staff Um, some are part-time some are casual but I'm making sure that we whoever comes to Marcelin can be developed with specific skills and understandings and then fostering a particular culture as well. So it's a terrific role, it's one that I really love. Um, and yeah, it's terrific to be able to build those relationships with people and and know that they can come to a place like Marsland and get better.
2: So do you feel like um, you have the responsibility to the boys here and the students to um, almost protect or almost put your best foot forward?
1: absolutely i think if anything i think especially too because i'm a parent myself Mm. that the promise we make especially as a catholic marist um, institution is that um they can entrust us with the care of their Mm. sons and that we will do everything that we can to help them flourish knowing that they're adolescent fellas which means that sometimes as well (laughs) you've got to come at it a a lot of different ways as well but Mm. um That's our most important role and everything that I do supports the teacher in that role. But if we're not all, you know, um, aligned with that philosophy, we might as well pack up and go home because that's what we're about.
0: What inspired you or led you to doing what you are doing today?
1: I think probably my first thing is just a love of learning. So when I was at university, i Never needed any motivating. I loved it and I did a, a double major in English and really didn't want to stop doing that but wanted to do it in a very practical way because I think you've got options of are you going to go on and do a doctorate um, or perhaps could you continue studying, writing, etc., reading, etc., cetera, um, but doing it in a big community. And um, I was doing a lot of work at the time with young people and I thought, oh, look, I might try teaching and um, I loved it. My first role was Swan Hill Jill up in the country because in the 90s there weren't a lot of roles for teachers. I had to be courageous and move up to the country and it was terrific. It was great. So I've never had any doubts that um, uh, about being a teacher um, and it's a, it's a privilege. It's a really beautiful thing to see people really get up and going and also to given that I'm older now, where they're still in your lives and still contact you, et cetera, as well. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great role. Yeah.
0: Um, so just a question sort of following on to that. Who were your role models along the journey and, and who today do you look up to the most?
1: I think probably my favourite person is there's two. Um, one is uh, Father Paul Carl. He was the principal of White Friars Um, A very gentle man, very meticulous, but um, he's always had great faith in me and great faith in everybody else as well. And he has played a great role in encouraging me and staying in my life as well. But um, a very articulate man, very gentle man, um, and had a beautiful way with the staff. And then also too as well, um, uh, the first lay principal of Whitefriars was – Mr John Finn and he's now just retired from being the, the principal at St Bede's and again like he showed that you could be an elegant man you could be a very gentle man but also too as well you could very much be the boss and again like saw potential in me encouraged me to do things pushed me perhaps when I might have been a bit hesitant about something as well but key roles as well but I often think sometimes to myself what would John do what would Paul do in this situation Mm. and I've still got them there as mentors I like being in contact with them but she unfortunately they go for um, teams other than Richmond but um, yeah the people that I've always have in my corner and I I look up to immensely and I think you need to have figures like that that you can model yourself on.
2: A part of the, um, the radio today is talking about role models and particularly female role models and how that translates to young men and young women today. Mm -hmm. How do you feel the uh, gender of your role model impacts? Is that like a big thing or is...
1: I think so. I think especially being in a male school, I mean, one thing I find sometimes too is where there might be a difference between how I might approach something and how a male staff member might approach it and they might be much more kind of overtly kind of masculine and there might be mm. sometimes too the the way that men speak with, with boys. So I like to have a, a gentle but firm kind of approach and and I think that's – you've got to not be apologetic about that and if anything schools could – foster that because sometimes I think the boys will only respond if they're yelled at mm-hmm. um, and sometimes too, I'm not always comfortable with the way that sometimes people think that boys are a bit more resilient than they are in terms of having a crack at them, et cetera, as well. But I like to model that as well, that you can be a female in a male environment and you don't have to suddenly start behaving like the boys but also to at the same time you can still be an assertive figure and show them as well we're all better when we've got a really inclusive environment that has men and women who can be individuals in that space. Mm.
0: Yeah, so if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Be Like Her live on Marcellin Live in Marcelin College, Melbourne, Australia. My name is Josh McRath. My co-hosts are Alex Chung and Declan Braniff. And today our special guest is Jill Fitzsimons, Director of Professional Learning and Pragod pedagogy here at the college. So Jill, just a follow-up question. Earlier you spoke about how obviously it was a tough time in the 90s becoming a teacher and there weren't many roles around. What was probably one of your biggest challenges along the journey to where you are today being a teacher at at our school and and being in the role that you are?
1: I think probably the biggest challenge, which I think is better now, is that when I started my family, you only had three years of maternity leave. So I effectively had to resign my position. It sounds so bizarre. This is early 2000s. I had a great position at a leading girls school. And, um, you know, you have to make a choice between your career and family. And at that stage, I had three young girls, um, just over two, and so there really wasn't any choice. Like I really couldn't say, hey, I'll just put you in childcare. And even then the the, cho- the options for women, like it's really hard to get your kids into care, et cetera. Mm. And then the the price of it as well, plus being part-time. So I had to resign. Um, but did that, you know, knowing that that was the right thing to do. Was I think now there's seven years, which enables people to have a family because I think if you are able to have a family, et cetera, as well, it, For me, it's really rounded me out as a teacher as well. I've got lots of stories as well. My twelves will probably say, oh, I don't want to hear another story about your girls or whatever, but it gives you a perspective. So I think that was the biggest challenge and then having to then go back and be a contract teacher as well because you suddenly don't have the same job security and also to your professional identity, you think, I'm Jill Fitzsimons. I've had to kind of come back and be point two and, and people say, look, we're not sure if there'll be a role for you next year or someone to say, um, hey, so-and-so's been here longer and all of that stuff. I found that that tricky. So if anything, I just thought, well, I'll get out there and I'll get myself a permanent position again. But I think that's one of the big things for people like trying to have a career and still have a family. That was my, the biggest challenge, I think. Mm. So
0: Jill, you said that you worked at a all-girls school. Why move to a male school like Marcelin?
1: Well, it originally, uh, because the last school that I was at was an all-girls school, it was really for the position because I like love teaching boys and, and girls. They're fantastic. Um, I've got three teenage girls myself um, and they're delightful. So it was really just for the position. But I'd have to say I really like being in a, a male environment because they're much bigger places. The girls' schools tend to be a bit smaller. And also I think the gender mix is actually really good as well. There's a nice mix of male and female stuff. Whereas sometimes if you're at an all-girls school me Middler, female staff um, and I really enjoy, you know, working with men. I have a lot of um, really great relationships here as well. So if anything, that was really the principal um, reason was for what was a great position but also to just the energy. Like there's a, you know, you can always feel it in a boys' school girls' schools can be a little bit quieter. It sounds
0: to me like you're quite passionate about teaching. What other qualities or traits helped you to achieve what you've achieved in your life so far?
1: I think to be a successful teacher this day you've got to have great determination um, because it is really a vocation that sometimes the the pay which is good doesn't always reflect the hours that you have to work. So even if I gave an example for my girls, you know, they're all in casual work and they they love getting paid by the hour and you don't get paid by the hour as a teacher. You get a salary and uh, all the extra things that you do just all fold in there as well. So it's often a seven day a week job working through the holidays I was up till 10 30 last night finishing off things that I couldn't get done as well so I think being resilient being committed and being determined um, and finding new things to keep doing I think that keeps you fresh as well so each year I'll give myself a new goal and so I think it's that hopeful outlook but also continuing to challenge yourself I think that's the secret
0: So these traits of determination and obviously courage to go back into the workforce, do you think those have come from someone in your family or do you think you've just been born with those sorts of traits?
1: Um, I think a bit of both. I think there's a bit of nature nurture. So I'm a Capricorn. I'm a big believer in those things as well. So I think I've always been incredibly diligent. I've always been very hardworking. But, look, my mum and dad were terrific. They... um, both kind of professionals, they've always been really determined, but they would always say they didn't have to motivate me and they didn't have to follow me up about everything. I often think, what a dream I was. I can't remember mum ever saying, listen, can you go and get that homework done? All those kinds of things as well. But they've always encouraged me. Um, my brothers are very hardworking as well. So I come from a family where we work very hard, but some of it I think is just hardwired. I'm just one of these people It's just intrinsically motivated. I don't need to be motivated by the money or what everybody else says i just enjoy doing what i'm doing and that's what powers me on that's great yeah,
0: yeah so traditionally it's a bit of a tough question yeah go but for it traditionally young males tend to tend to have adult males as their role models is there any reason why a young male couldn't have you as their role model
1: I don't think so at all. I mean, hopefully even um, with my year 12s that they might say as well, you know, what are the things that I might like with Mrs Fitzsimon? So it might be as well like being really consistent about things and also to, like we had a little moment yesterday where I thought, I wonder what they will notice as well, where a class nearby had been let out early and yet I had us standing up with our shirts tucked in. Uh, we always line our um, desks up. I always leave it nice and tidy, the room, et cetera, as well. And I thought all those little slight, little boring things that actually say to the next class, I care about you. And and for my own students as well, I care about you as well. We don't want to be learning in a mess, et cetera, as well. So just those simple things as well. It sounds like, you know, perhaps it's it's not a big deal, but, you know, just those things as well that we can be caring, that we don't be careless people where we just pack off or – You know, we do the easy things, which is it's easy to let someone out early, Mm. be popular and all of that kind of stuff as well. So it's just some simple things like that.
2: Following up on that question, Mm -hmm. do you feel that the teacher and and student relationship drives you to stay up like at 10.30 last night, as you were saying, and that drive is translated to the boys?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, because you, you grow very fond of them and they're all individuals and you get to know them Really well. Like, can you even get to the stage you think? Um, I can just look at the handwriting. I can tell you who that is. Or if I just heard a section of that voice, I would be able to tell you who it is. And they're often complex stories as well. So, um, you know, the, the different struggles that they've had even this year with COVID, etc., as well, and um, different abilities, etc., different motivations, and all of those kinds of things. So, absolutely, you want to be at all time maintaining the dignity of that student, but hoping that you can help them to to do something that they're gonna be proud of. That's the biggest thing that I say is I want you to be proud of that that mark. It doesn't matter what it is, but that you're not gonna feel let down or disappointed by that mark because it will give you some options. And as a teacher, what are you proudest of? I think my ability to form strong and affirming relationships with students. So even I was thinking about my Year 12 class who I'm really fond of, that even though occasionally I'll need to be, okay, we're having lunchtime study support, so we've got to get this done, or we need to tuck our shirt in, or I've had to take that mobile phone. There's never any hostility. There's a, a good feeling in the classroom. There's a warmth about it. We have plenty of moments where my idea of what constitutes hard work and keeping focus is very different to theirs. But There's a nice feeling in there, and I think that's really important to have in a classroom. You need to have a positive class climate. I think my ability to do that and and to keep working at it when it's really hard because I haven't found head start last year was really difficult after COVID. Like there was a wildness. It was like Lord of the Flies, like woo, everyone's back. We're in this shocking room. It was way too big. Um, You know, I had them like in the afternoon as well. And people were kind of wandering in from, you know, sorry, I thought I was in that class and all of these kinds of things. And sorry, I had vet vcal and I just thought, oh my God, this looks like a a bit of a zoo. But we kind of got there, but it's taken a lot of work and we've still got a lot of stuff to do. But I'll never give up on trying to get that going. And look, fingers crossed we're getting there.
0: Well, Jill, thank you so much. That's all we have time for today. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. And I can definitely say on behalf of everyone at the school and all students that you are a role model. And as you've been saying in classes, the things that you say with teaching us about shirts tucked in before we leave and you know, leaving the classroom better than you found it. Those things transfer when we finish school and, and I can I know people that have finished the school and are in great habits because of teachers like you and, and what you do. So I just want to thank you and thank you for coming on to the show today. Uh, live from Marcelin College, in Melbourne, Australia, you've been listening to Be Like Me, Be Like Her Live on Marcelin Live. My name is Josh McCraith. My co-hosts today were Alex Chung and Declan Braniff. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Across our neighbourhood and across the world, you're listening to Be
2: Like Her Live on Marcelin Live.